0: This podcast is brought to you by People's Light, a cultural and civic center celebrating its 49th season. For more information about People's Light, visit www.peopleslight.org.
1: I keep it hot in the hood, you can find me in the hood, yeah, you know, I keep it hood, cause we platinum in the hood. I keep it
2: hot in the hood, you can find me in the hood, yeah, you know, I keep
0: it hood, cause we platinum the hood. I keep it hot in the hood. Yo, 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 it's Gucci. (laughs) Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Unlimited. series roundtable discussion with a cast of Bones, a social yeah. horror by acclaimed writer-director Steve H. the 3rd Let's go! We're moving into our closing weekend, so there's a couple more opportunities for you to see the show. Grab your tickets right now at www.peopleslight.org. In Bones, the night takes a chilling turn over a game of dominoes as childhood demons are exposed, and a group of friends questions everything they think they know about masculinity and what makes a Man, yeah. We are back, the cast is back again, and we are in luck today because we are joined by Steve H. the Third himself. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Steve, for being here, making time of your busy schedule. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course! Do we wouldn't that. have it any other way. We wouldn't have it any other way. All right,
2: so uh, let's get started
0: with the round of introductions, just to remind everybody
2: who we are. My name is Keith, I play Trey. My
3: name is John I play PJ
2: Steve H broad next the third I am the director and writer of
1: Bo acclaim mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm. Eric B Robinson jr I play Romello
1: Elijah Eric Lee Jones the first and I play Derek all right so uh
0: <laughs> as per usual we are taking our cue from a line from the play and uh, then we'll dive into a deeper discussion this week's episode is. It's okay to not be okay. Mm. So what we're going to talk about this week is uh, the stigma around mental health in the black community and our own individual relationships to mental health. Okay? This is a very important, obviously, topical discussion and topical issue. One thing I want to start off by saying and show some appreciation and love to Steve for taking care of the cast Yeah. In so much as getting a licensed therapist, a clinician to work with us throughout the rehearsal process to make sure that as we're investigating and diving into some of these topics and discussions in the room, as well as the grappling with these topics in the play, that we had a safe space to be able to process our emotions as it relates to some of this stuff. So Deshaya Wallace, licensed clinician through Black Align private practice came on board and helped us to sort of make sure that we were not only uh, emotionally and mentally safe, but provided a space for us to be able to to engage with our emotions as we tackled this work. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, I want to appreciate and show some love, and, and thanks to you for doing that.
2: And, uh, thank you, and thank you to Shia for, yeah. for saying yes, and she was great of to course. be a part of the process.
0: So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. I would love to start the conversation by talking about some of the most damaging stereotypes that we have heard or been made to believe about mental health?
2: Um, I'll start. I often was told that you don't tell your family business. like You just don't talk to other people about what's going on with you or what's going on in your environment or your mental health. That you take it to church, you pray about it. Like the concept of going to talk to somebody was foreign. I grew up like you don't do that. And nobody around me, I'm a little older than you gentlemen, but at the time, nobody around me, or it wasn't popular to go to a therapist or to get mental health. It wasn't until I went to college, grad school, and I feel very privileged that I was introduced to it. I did my grad work at Penn State. And because I was a black male in that white environment that had very little diversity, um, the um, behavioral science department gave us free counseling Mm -hmm. simply because I was a black male. And that was the first time I knew about it took advantage of it, that I was going to group therapy and individual therapy for the study of the science of it of the department, but that was the first time I had my relationship to it. And then from there, I carried it out through my adult life. So I've been a part of using therapy for over 21 years now. But growing up, it was like, you know, you take that stuff to church, you pray about it, you take it to the pastor, you do not go to somebody else talking about your family, your problems, you go to God. So that's what I was always taught. I was thought it was white people's shit. What? You going therapy therapist? That's white
0: people's shit. It's like you didn't have time. It was almost like you didn't have time to go to a therapist. There was so much going on. Like who has time? I was made to believe culturally that it was sort of a waste of time. Like a waste of resources, a waste of money, a waste of time. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just figure it out. Like you gonna talk to somebody about your problems? What is that gonna do? That's not gonna change the circumstance, you know? When in reality, therapy now as I understand, it's not about changing the circumstance, it's about changing you, <laughs> and that changes how you arrive into the circumstance right life is gonna life things are gonna be what they are, but it's about how you show up or arrive to the circumstance that is the important thing that's the thing that therapy can do for one but yeah i was it, it it almost seemed like it was um it was a waste of time or resources that that was uh, my sort of experience
3: I felt a little bit of both of these. I grew up very, very steep in the church. And so, so much of our ideology and the way that I grew up was about, you know, taking it to the cross, about, you know, interceding, about wailing and crying or fasting in away or whatever the fuck that was. And then there was also this feeling of that's for them over there. And it wasn't until for me, I went to a school, Columbus State University in South Georgia. It's the public school, but I was one of very few black people there in the theater department And I lost my father at 19. When I lost my dad, I didn't have the tools. I just, I was completely over my head and I didn't have the tools and I just was drowning. And I was in a space where my family didn't know what to do. I already went to the cross. I already prayed and shit. And I just was like losing my grip on life. And it was like, what the fuck now? And I had a teacher of mine that was like, have you ever considered this? And I was like, "Nah, that's not, that's not it. And I realized that in in the school, there was, they had therapists on campus. And so I went to the therapist there on campus and I was really reluctant to go. And I remember the first thing I said to her was the only reason I'm talking to you is because I can sue you if you say anything to anybody. was the first words Mm -hmm. I said to her. And then she was like, okay. And then I just started like talking. And I think that there was just something, I think we, we undervalue having to wrap language around our experiences mm-hmm. and the practice of wrapping language around experiences that we have because there's something that is really terrifying about wrapping language around it, but there's also something, there's something about wrapping language around life's experiences that kind of allows my body to move through it as opposed to shoving it and stuffing it and just trying to survive. So that was my introduction to therapy. I was the first person in my family to go to therapy. Me too. I didn't want to, I didn't talk to them about it for years. Me too. Then I was a little egotistical ass nigga who was like, had all these ideas and shit that wasn't really applying them to my life. And I was just trying to like give that shit to my family. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was my little brother who checked me. He was like, nigga, not all of us are in school like you. Not all of us got that. Mm -hmm. so like how you gonna look down on me Mm. for like the shit that I don't know Mm -hmm. like how you gonna come in here with like on your high horse and with your like words and all this other bullshit and I was I was really self righteous Mm. when I got some of these tools and I was like looking at my family like you just don't understand if Mm. you would just if you would just not suppress your emotions and all this other bullshit and they were just like my little brother was just like chill you Mm -hmm. weren't always where you at and I was like oh my Mm -hmm. god like, I have to not only be in process, but hold space
0: for others in process. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that um, everybody's on their own journey and, that, and everybody's at a different sort of point on their journey and we don't arrive, all arrive at the same place at the same time. Facts. What, if anything, can we share about our current
2: mental health journey that people are open to share? It's ongoing. That's what I'm to say, that it's our current mental health journey. It's ongoing. I find myself coming back over lessons that I thought I learned and learning to give myself grace knowing that I learned them at deeper levels, hopefully. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been working with my therapist now. She would always, I'd be like, damn, I'm learning that lesson again. Or God, that one again? Really? And he's like, no, bro, next you you may go across that lesson again. Mm-hmm. But as long as I keep spiraling upward mm-hmm. and the lesson continues to get, um, it deepens and I learn from it, then it's okay. That it's okay mm-hmm. to tell myself, hey, yeah, you're going to probably come up against that one. For a long time in my journey of now knowing things that are my triggers, things that have been implanted, like the play into myself as a child and these systems of beliefs that are not true. I wish I could just rid them, but they stay with me. Like I can't get rid of them, but I I can view them differently now. And I have tools to help me in times of triggers, which a therapist said told me, a trigger is undealt with trauma. So anytime I get triggered, I'm really investigating there's this acronym of rain to recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture, and those are tools that are that like I am made in the image of God that that's the kind of power I have over my mind and my life, and so that's the journey I'm on now i'm I'm still going through things, I'm still learning things, I'm learning to live with things as I go through them. And I hopefully, you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna be doing it for the rest of my life. But I'm willing, and I have tools now that I'm different today than I was yesterday. Just by the tools I have to get through, or cope, or to to change my system of beliefs when my mind goes whack. I have tools now, so that's where I am.
4: I feel like I'm a I'm around a bunch of uh, fully realized niggas. Mm. Cause me, I'm far from it. Mm. I've never I've never been to a therapist. Mm. I have always sought wise counsel. And you know, it's funny. I wonder if my dad, I don't know if he has, but I feel like he gave me a lot of tools growing up. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it's interesting. John was talking about language, you know, how we undervalue language. Because for me, the tools that I have are physical. You know, whenever I I feel, I have an awareness whenever something comes over me, right? you know it's funny i don't have the language for it but it's a feeling right Mm. i feel it and then i physicalize whatever it is i need to do to get up out of it so it usually boils down to going to the gym taking a walk Mm. uh Mm. you know um, blowing some steam off on the basketball court Mm -hmm. you know that has been my therapy and and it's been super effective but you know i think in the company of you men i'm realizing what if my legs fell off and I couldn't move, how would I therapize then? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Would I, <laughs> you know, God forbid, I, I don't know how I would combat whatever I'm going through if I couldn't move about it. Mm. What are some of the other ways? Because I know
0: therapy obviously is one option, but
1: <clears throat>
0: maybe for brothers who are listening who who don't, Currently have a therapist or have never, you know, had a, a mental health professional to help them track through things. Some of the other ways that you bring yourself out of a, a low space. Or that I know for me, reconnecting with nature. It's, I'm laughing because it's a it's line in the play. play yeah. But it is a real thing. Like, you know, right. getting out into nature and you realize like the expansiveness of not just the world that we live in, but sort of the cosmos. You know, it makes you this concept of cosmic insignificance, whatever you're going through is such a small thing. such a small consideration in the grander scheme of like the time space continuum. You know what I mean? There's so much out there. There's so much beyond whatever you're going through in this, in that moment. I feel like being in nature helps me sort of put that into perspective. So that's something for me that like has been, has been very useful.
1: Yeah. When I, when I'm not with a therapist, you know, the gym is definitely one of those, one of those ways, like moving, but also writing. You know, I like to I like to write like poetry, just to like, yeah, I guess put language to some of these feelings, or like just get them uh, on paper. makes it uh, makes it feel like I'm getting it out of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like get it out of myself and onto something else, um, a paper or like whatever in my in my notes or my phone, whatever. That's a big one. And also, I mean, you know, we we hear on this like play podcast and like acting has been very useful to me. It just as an as a way to explore my full humanity and like Mm -hmm. what uh, a lot of those things that like I I can't maybe say or I can't or I don't have the or I don't when I don't even have the, the language to say the thing. There's a writer, there's a play that, oh, shit, they said this thing, you know, Uh that I have been feeling that I was not able to ever articulate. But as soon as I read it, I'm like, that's it. Uh Um, Yeah, that, that has also helped me.
0: It sounds like across all of our different experiences or all of our different approaches to mental health, what I'm hearing as the sort of resounding things are it can be one of multiple things, right? Like it doesn't look the same for anyone and it doesn't have to fit into one, any one category, right? Mm -hmm. One avenue is seeking out a mental health professional and talking through your feelings, your emotions and tracking through verbally, tracking through with someone, whether a mental health professional or otherwise, what those emotions are. There's also the physical component of it, which is let me go and physicalize whether it's gym whether it's sports whether it's whatever um there's also the component of writing or or or, you know sort of journaling as a lot of people talk about as a way of attacking or or approaching mental health and then there's the getting into nature i see that as more like a sort of a meditative kind of experience right like sort of the grounding yourself um meditating but all of those things the through line with all those things is that the energy has to move through your body. It can't sit. It can't stay stagnant. Right. It's mm-hmm. got to move in some way, whether it's physically moving, whether it's verbalizing, whether it's writing, whether it's meditating. You've got to move the energy through your body. It can't sit. It can't stay stagnant because that's the tra- that's the trap, right? I that's where the danger
2: comes. I want to add, com- for me, conversations with God. Though I'm not a... I claim not to necessarily be the most religious person, but definitely spiritual. And it goes on meditation because without the creator, God, Allah, whatever you want to call it, the, the entity that's bigger than us, the creator, that conversation and that meditation is what keep me sane. Mm-hmm. Without it, I wouldn't survive. So through meditation, spiritually, my conversations with God mm-hmm. and and trying to develop a relationship with the creator and understanding in my purpose also helps my me mentally. I want to say um
3: there's like parts of all of these ways all of these i say almost like is you know, with acting we have tools mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we do these things and we and some of the times tools are useful sometimes they're not but we have them mm-hmm. and i feel like there a lot of these tools i use in different times in different ways and different like in there um like a conference like conversations with god mm-hmm. spirit it's taken me time to go to release that from the Christian context mm-hmm. and to be able to go like, okay, but what is, who is, what is God to me? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that, and to your point, you said this thing earlier, Eric, that I would just want to, it's just, you said it, and it really, you said you were around a bunch sort of fully realized niggas. And I just wanted to take a moment to just like hold that because the thing that you also said right after that was you talked about you having this understanding physically in your body and understanding what your body needs, and being able to go do this, or go do that, or go do this, or go do that. And I think that sometimes, for me, the idea of a cognitive behavioral therapy has been really useful in Ooh, some me ways, too. right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are ways that I get so caught in my head,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I get locked in my head, trying to find language, trying to find ways of like wrapping language around things, and I disassociate from my body. So my journey right now in my in my mental health journey. is is about being in communion and conversation with my body and reconnecting with it Mm -hmm. and being able to like breathe into it, being able to be like, okay, so as I'm relaxing, you know, there's this guy. His name is Rizma Menekam, and he has this book on my grandmother's hands and this book. I read it during lockdown and quarantine, and he just had this really beautiful way of talking about how trauma and these different how it lives in the body. Mm-hmm. and how the triggers, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. triggers these, these, we have these like pockets of energy basically all over us based on different moments in our lives and like things happen and they hit us in a certain kind of way and we have these, when the triggers get hit, like that thing that didn't move through us, right, that, yeah. that, that, undealt with trauma, undealt with trauma, which is energy in the body that hasn't moved through mm-hmm. because as black men, we don't get, a, there's not really permission really. To like let something happen in real time and move through us. Mm-hmm. Because like that's where I go, okay, well, if this moves through me in real time, maybe that's anger, maybe that's sadness, maybe that's joy, maybe that's but how many spaces do I feel safe to feel all of these things? Yeah. So I just like hold that shit and store it and I keep my stoic ass face on and just keep living. But, you know what I'm saying? Like this these tools, you know, allows me to And I guess I'm coming back to what you said, Eric, about like the body. Because the body is where everything is stored. right? Like that is, and so you being in conversation with that, you being intimate with your body and being able to go, what is my body saying? Whether you have the language or not. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like niggas spend their whole lives trying to get to the space where they can be like, what is my body telling me that I need to do? Mm -hmm. And it's like when you have that, when
2: you are intimate with your body like that, that's a beautiful thing. And when you're intimate with your body, because I think that's dope. Um, what is your body telling you? But also, what is your emotional emotions telling you? Because they are signs as well. Mm-hmm. Emotional literacy. If you can... Figure out what's been helpful to me. It's going like, okay. What does what does this emotion tell me? Anger, sadness, and there's a range. If you look it up on the emotional wheel of what are what emotions we have, and they're just signals in us to tell me, oh, this emotion may be a, a, a sign of loss. I think I'm about to lose something. Mm. So they, the it, so not only the physical can be signs, but your a, a understanding of emotional literacy of what your emotions when you feel that can also be signs of what's happening in your body absolutely absolutely
3: I think that sometimes I'd be like uh, sometimes because I don't have because I don't have the language yeah sometimes and it feels like a steep hill to like get all of the language I feel shame inside of myself and trying to communicate what I'm feeling I hear because that. Because I don't want to communicate it in a way in the wrong way. I hear that. I don't want to communicate it in a way that like alienates people or that yeah. isn't exactly the right word. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because language is, you know, everybody, you put language into a space and everybody has a feeling about that language. Right. I could say grief and it means something different to everybody. Correct. You know, I could feel I could say like shame and it means something different to everybody. Mm-hmm. But like when I when I get intimate with like, you know, I think it's more of an internal thing sometimes of being able to go like if I release my if I if I were to release myself from the burden of language and I were to just like allow myself to feel what that is,
2: mm-hmm.
3: can I feel shame? Mm-hmm. And and then if I can feel shame, then can I be like, if I can get acquainted with that feeling, then if I don't have the whether I have the language or not, then I can know when that feeling is arising in my body. Yeah. For sure, and yeah. if I, whether if I have the language for fear, if I know what that feeling is if I'm acquainted with that and intimate with that then I can feel when that's a when that's like coming up in my body Mm -hmm. and then I have the tools to be like okay what am I going to do with this and how am I going to put it where am I going to place it but there's a there's a journey from me experiencing it in my body to like communicating it to someone Mm -hmm. and that sometimes is as a as a as a as in my body in myself that can be daunting that can be scary because I don't want to do it wrong yeah Mm -hmm. and I don't want to like specifically if I have like an intimate person or partner or nieces or nephews or whatever you know, there feels like this this pressure to get it right because it's not just like a benign thing right? you know, me, a black man in my body feeling a thing that's loaded
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, that's loaded in every space let alone the spaces where the people count on me they love me where they're counting on my like strength or they're counting on this version of me and I don't wanna like, I don't wanna let them down. Mm-hmm. And so there's this being, there's that intimate conversation with myself inside of my body. And there's like, you know, and that's where that meditation, for me at least, mm-hmm. that comes in, because it allows me to like, it allows me to kind of be, and I, I, someone told me, this, this gave me a picture one time of like this long ass table. And all of these versions of myself are at it. And like, sometimes I feel like in my life, I'm sitting down when I'm meditating or whatever and something big is happening in my life or in, in something could be not, not happening in the world, but like big is happening in my body. It's like I'm sitting at the table and one of these niggas is screaming. Like one of these niggas at this table is wilding. And I have to be like, all right, so like, what are you doing? What are you trying to say? What are you doing? What is that? And you know, I think that's also the 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 gift of safe space like black men having safe spaces where we're just the people there. Where we can be like share shit with each other and like other niggas can be like, whether the language is there or not, there's a vibration to it. Mm-hmm. And we can go like, Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. Or like, we can this is the way that I move through that or whatever. But it doesn't necessarily, Yeah,
0: anyway, does. Oh, that's um. Thank you both, everyone, actually, for sharing because it it's, it's so interesting to 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 sit in a circle and 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 have a pointed and intentional conversation about mental health because everybody has a different experience with it, you mm-hmm. know. But but the through line that I'm hearing is, no matter what, move the energy through your body in some way right that is the that's the key and it can look different it doesn't have to look like one particular thing and that is something that i learned as well as it's okay to try different things on Mm -hmm. see what works for you even if it's a therapist
4: you know Mm -hmm.
0: "Mm, not really after a couple sessions not really feeling this therapist that doesn't mean abandon the whole thing it means just do something else it's like dating you know you got to try it on and see what works for you, see what fits for you, because it is about you. When you're moving into a space about mental health, about um, self-actualization, it is about the self. So whatever is necessary for the self to behold, for the self to be comfortable, to share these different kinds of things is important. So um, so for anybody who's listening, um, who may be struggling and not know where to go or, or or not have a direction taking that first step and starting and knowing that the first thing that you try even if it doesn't work even if it's not end quote successful try another avenue you know try another therapist try another mode or modality try another you know sort of um, technique if you will uh, to engage with that because because at the end of the day the energy has to move and if we don't if we do nothing about it the energy won't move
2: I'm to throw the name Tar Brock. I was trying to remember her name Tara for Brock. Brock. For Rain, the acronym Rain. Mm. She came up with that. Tara, Tara Brock. Brock. All right,
0: everybody go out there. Google it. <laughs> Google, <laughs> it. Google it. Google it. Um, another line from the play that we're not going to discuss right now because we got to move on. We got to move. We got to move into the vibration. Thank you, everybody, for sharing um, some really deeply personal stuff in such a public way um, that costs a lot. So... I'm grateful. I'm sure people who are listening will be grateful as well. And, yeah, uh, quiet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but, like, this is our last, this this is our last
4: episode, guys. The last, this is it. Oh. You, know oh, uh, <laughs> you know that one. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I got you the guy. I got you the <laughs> Put it out there
0: on the podcast. Um, but, uh, but in honor, in honor, in honor of our last episode, you know, like, 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 like high school, it's the man. end of the year. Oh, man. So it's time for the yearbook.
4: Mm.
0: We're going to play a little game called Most Likely 2. Oh, my god. OK?
1: So, so I'm going
0: to read a prompt. And you niggas are going to say, who is the most likely to do the
2: thing? Out of in us? The, in the room? Yes, yes, out of us. Oh, OK. Nah, about nah, because you know this is. I don't
0: know what this stuff is. It's oh, about us.
2: thing. All right, yeah. here we go.
0: All right, are we ready? Most likely, See? Steve, already. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> to be late to rehearsal, Keith.
4: Yeah, I would say Keith or Steve. Oh, yeah. Keith. Though I no, would I say think. I would say me. I would say Keith. I would say
0: me. I would say Keith by Keith. a couple minutes. Yeah, okay. know, it's Keith. unfortunate, but yeah. it's just like reality. Yeah. And I am who I am. <laughs> would you say what? And walking in. Yes. All right. Okay. Most likely to forget lines. Y'all better not say me. John. I
1: mean, you. You got <laughs> <have> a, <laughs> a lot of lines though are understandable. You got the most, though. Really? It makes sense, but you know, I would say, John. <laughs> John
4: <laughs> okay. yeah. It's funny because you see it when John forgets. <laughs> you <laughs> see <laughs> it on that. <laughs> I mean, like this. Uh, <laughs>
1: Elijah, I, like,
0: I love, because you have this phrase that you use, like, let him cook. Let
1: him cook. Let, <laughs> let him cook. Be cooking. Yeah. Right. Hey, when somebody's fighting, he's like, in he like him let him cook. Him. Okay, he about to I get it right that. now. Let
0: him cook. All right. Who is most likely to get the party started? <laughs> uh, it's Eric. Eric,
2: for yeah. sure. Easy. Okay. Easy.
0: Don't Easy. for surprise. Most likely. That's yeah. an answer to your energy. Big E. All right. Who is most likely to leave the party early? Steve. Keith.
2: I would say <laughs> you. Me? Keith
1: ain't hey, even going to would... show up to the party. Yeah. He's he said it. he going to take and sleep. leave. Uh, you said, have to, he have he to show up. To sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> man,
0: I love a good nap. Okay. <laughs> Who is the most likely to be... Oh, so, who's likely to be the most active in the text thread?
4: In a text, in a oh, text key. In. that was a—that's yeah, key. You be y'all him giving shows, me a whole lot yeah. of.
2: Yeah. I mean, who yeah. situation? You yeah. be texting and you be like, ah,
0: ice.
4: like,
1: ice, ice, because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you niggas don't respond to things.
1: Yeah, uh, and we appreciate key. your
0: activity, Bro, though. Who, <laughs> uh, who is the most likely to not respond to text message? I'm saying all you niggas. Yeah, <laughs> really, Steve. <laughs> I yeah, Steve yeah definitely Steve. Steve, hundred
4: percent.
0: All right, who is? The most likely to buy the first round of drinks? John.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Aaron? I think I'll it it's
1: Eric. Eric? Actually. Well, right. I, Eric. Was I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it twice. That's yes, getting the party started. started. Yeah, I think that's getting the party started. I'm
0: not buying yeah. the drinks. I was like, buying the round of drinks is not necessarily getting the party started. Like whole A round. Yeah. Okay. Buying the first round is getting the party started. That is. Okay, so you doing it? You should, it's he's in, he's in, not us. He's no, not no, by the no, 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 But no, 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 all right, no. No. who is the most likely to no, not come up likely. out the pockets?
1: Not come out, up out the pockets.
4: Keith, no. You,
0: you tried that way. <laughs> you
1: <don't laughs> tried that way. You tried to pop the door. Like, 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 like on, a round of drinks. Oh, for the, for a round of drinks. I'm gonna tell Elijah. And I'll take it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Not 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 not, hey Cuz, you got me, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I ain't got it. Wow. Hey, <laughs> the youth. Okay. Uh,
0: who is the most likely to hug you if you're having a rough day? I'm giving John.
2: Give i give it John. I was
1: going John. I mean none of you niggas have ever hugged me, so I don't, oh, oh, well, but, he's but getting a he, hug now. He two, of no. oh. was, two of them. And no. it was everybody but John. It was... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's just a wriggle so. away. His <laughs>
4: I I it was a rhyme. It was yeah, <laughs> <doesn't> a <laughs> rhyme. You know, two points. And this is... Yeah. Steve gives you the...
0: A strong, one-armed, yeah. keep your distance down.
4: <laughs> you work <laughs> 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 What's up, brother? <laughs> could, I, could I give you a note? <laughs> and
0: on that note, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our limited limited series. Yeah. We're going to uh, miss you guys. We're going to miss you guys. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Stop it. You guys and guys. They
0: are supporters and subscribers People's like. <laughs> and speaking of People's like, if you want to know more about the season and keep up with the shows that are coming up, great shows they got coming up, you guys, in this season, log on to your computers, tablets, phones, www.peopleslife.org for the latest and greatest. Out of Melbourne, PA. Thank you so much. This has been the Bone Yard Podcast, guys. Say
4: goodbye. Bye 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 bye. bye. bye, bye. bye, bye. Take care.